One message for you took from your aunt. Uh-huh. She will bust both of you in the head. You know who me? It's not rocket science, you know. I think you, like me, um, have a face for radio. You know who me? If we don't play, we can play as we got the next man up. That's why it sucks. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. This kind of unprofessionalism does not need to be tolerated. And I mean it. Like, you know who me? You know who me? <laughs> you know who me? You know who me? What the hell is going on here? Just all hang up. Another episode of the BS Podcast. Hang on. Hang Quincy on. Moran. Hang on. There's all kinds of noise in my ear now. Oh, jeez. We need a little bit more professionalism. Boy, I tell you what. This is is gold, man. This is gold. Okay, here we are. So the show has begun. We got some technical difficulties going. And I can see him talking back and forth. (laughs) I go. Dude, this is so good. This is so good. So, Josh, um, we we have a weekly rotation now that I live in Texas, you live in Texas, and I come to your place. For a game, you come to my place for a game. And this week's game we watched at Josh Moran Manor. And, wow, it was uh, it was pretty exciting the way the game played out. So many storylines to talk about before we get into the stats. Overall, what were your thoughts uh, on the game? I wrote down some thoughts I'll read. But what were your thoughts on the game, dude? Now, first of all, we do, uh, we do swap uh, households for the game unless, you know, uh, one of our wives – plans a baseball game on it and then we have to go do that but uh other than that the game it was my thoughts on it were we were playing good Bryce goes down we had a hiccup but then the guys responded and uh ended up flooring them after that and I think they grew up a lot honestly um I think the team knows that they're on the right track right now because Milro can get it yeah. done. Milro can get it done. It's just they would have to call a little bit of a different game plan, but that dude's legit. Yeah, I was pretty impressed myself uh, with him coming in, hostile territory on the road, um, and being able to kind of rise to the moment. Now, I will say that him in the second half was much better than him in the third quarter, but in the fourth quarter, things changed and he got better. Um, statistically speaking, we'll look at that uh, during Wild, Wild Bill's Bama bullet points in that segment. But just right here, I, I wrote down a few things. You know, in the first quarter, I thought the uh, O line was a B plus. I thought the D line was. Wide receivers still gonna, that's still gonna that's see <laughs> Lexi, I'm gonna mute you like Uncle Bill. That's right. Um, Bryce Young got an A, obviously. Bill O'Brien was a B. Pete Golding was a C. Uh, I mean, a B-plus when it comes to how I thought things went, you know, in the first quarter. And then just looking at uh, the second quarter, you know, there wasn't much to talk about. I know Helen's had a great takeaway. Third quarter, execution was just abysmal. It was garbage. And I was thinking, man, how in the world are we watching this game from our fingers, you know. It looked like away it. From all the dominance that we had. Yeah. And then I think I agree with you in the sense that, you know, from a fan's perspective, looking at Alabama, 
um, and how they were so resilient in that fourth quarter. They were able to kind of like get the get the, the momentum shifted back in our favor and then march down the field. And a couple of long runs really broke this thing out. Well, I got a couple observations as well, though. Um, yeah. If you're looking at if you're looking at the receiving core, I'm going to tell you what Jacory uh, uh, Brooks and Holden are in trouble because Bond, Prentice, and now that JoJo Earl's back, I mean, you're looking at these two guys dropping the ball a, a bunch in critical situations, and then the freshmen come in and step up, and we got JoJo Earl back for the slot. Um, I would I think they're going to lose playing time, and also we looked like a track team the other day a little bit. And those are a little bit of my observations. Yeah, yeah. A few, uh, a few other observations um, before we get into Wild Bill's Bamba bullet points. Um, the O line really grew up for that game. Yeah. Was anybody surprised like I was? You know, there's really just one instance of Bryce being hurried um, that I recall, and truly, I guess the coach Saban said it really well. He said, I guess there was one sack because maybe Bryce lost two inches when, uh, Drew Sanders tackled him on a scramble. But other than that, when it comes to running the football, when we, okay, there was some problems there, but when we ran, when we ran with those lanes that got us the big gains, I, I, I didn't even plan on that rhyme, uh, rhyming, um, it was great. Plenty of time. Plenty of time for the quarterback team to pass. Um, the offensive line took a major step in the right direction. They, they had a major step forward. And then that intensity we've been looking for since that uh, Utah State game returned against a pretty formidable um, Arkansas offense. Uh, again, I mean, against an Arkansas offense that has a huge quarterback really underperformed against uh, Texas A&M um, and was poised to come and score a lot of points, and Alabama's defense really just shut them down. I see a team that's starting to uh, – I see a team that's starting to gel and to get better a little bit every game, uh, especially after that Texas game because it was just a hard-fought game. Things didn't go their way. They got out of there with the win, but they, they look to be improving, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, with that, let's uh, let's talk about some Wild Bill's Bama Bullet Points. All right, Wild Bill, let's unmute that. Let's bring you in. <laughs> There's no hope. Very nice, Josh. Very nice. Hey, uh, I Uncle can Bill. I can hear you. Uh, Josh a whole lot better than I can hear you, Quincy. That's why I try to tell him. Okay, let me see. Let me see what I can do. Let me know if that's any better. That's, that's better. better. That's better. Yeah, that. That's... Okay, Josh, yeah. you should have told me that from the beginning. I could have turned this thing up. So <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering. Why, jerk. I was wondering why you said you didn't know how to do it. <laughs> so that's because y'all do not side with. Josh, Uncle Bill, you'd never side with Josh, ever. Uncle Bill sides with the truth. There you go. The truth. He said there you go. something about enough. you told right. you to buy him a while. That's fair enough. Um, Alabama 
beats Arkansas 49 to 26 in week five. Um, a lot of questions about our ability to handle adversity on the road. I think uh, Alabama answered a lot of questions. Um, what are your thoughts, you know, going in any, any Bama bullet points before we share the stats? I always love the stats. Well, I just agree with you, you guys. They, they're maturing. I, I think the younger guys are realizing what their role is. Uh, as you was talking about, you know, when Bryce went out, the offensive line had to make an adjustment in their blocking. They're blocking nearly every play for Bryce to throw the ball, but now they realize, hey, we got to spread this out. We're going to have to run wide. So they had to uh, change their blocking, and I think they did did very well. Uh, I don't know. You or Josh may be looking – I don't know if we had but one false start penalty. We had 10 penalties, but only one of them, I believe, was for a false start. So they got that. But for Jalen to step in in that environment and play like he did, uh, I just thought was outstanding. And, uh, you know, the, the receivers are going to have to help. But according to everything I've read today, Listen to today. Coach Saban says Bryce has had this before and he recovers quickly from it. So, but I think that we could get back if we had to without him Saturday because according to Pinebaum, we're playing cupcakes this Saturday. I'll tell you what, uh, there's a lot of pissed off people. There's a lot of, there's a lot of pissed off people on Twitter uh, because we they thought that our season was over when Bryce went out and we brought in like a freaking tank. And they are not happy about it, that that's our backup. (laughs) Well, Well, one thing that's one thing that's interesting to me is like when you when we watch games on CBS, I cannot stand watching and I'm glad the contract's over. I can't stand watching Alabama play on CBS because they consistently root for Alabama to lose. And I know when uh, when Bryce went out, I know we were all worried. But one of the things I don't know if it was Nestler. Uh, or Danielson that said it, but they said Alabama is built to pass now. They're no longer built to run. <laughs> and th- it's like they were hoping, there was a hope with the, bro- the broadcasters yeah. at CBS that we were going to fail. And, and maybe it's just me feeling that way, but when it was Vern Lundquist, I mean, anything that Alabama did, they all they were always rooting, it seemed, for Alabama to lose. So, for Alabama to, and I know it came in big chunks and runs, but for Gibbs to hit the seam or to hit the lane and take off like a wild man and race over 70 yards twice uh, through that Arkansas defense, it was impressive. And one thing Josh and I were frustrated about, a matter of fact, that Josh, Jocelyn and Anissa both said the same thing on the way home. They, they were still lamenting. I can't believe they didn't show the replay when Milro, for where Milro stepped out of bounds because who saw it? Who saw him step out of bounds? I, I would love to have seen some kind of replay. They yeah. yeah, they showed the replay where he did. Um, um, I, was, I was watching. Okay. I, didn't I, didn't see, see. I didn't see a real slowdown or a zoom in yeah. or yeah. anything. Yeah, he did, but. But I think I think one thing that's uh, apparent to me is that 
we built some confidence in our team that if something were to happen to Bryce, Milrow is more than capable of leading this football team. And I'm, I'm telling you, you know, Josh makes fun of me. I was a player that was hurt. The game always goes on as sad as it is. The game just goes on. Um, when did I make Bryce fun of you for being hurt? Individual. It's, it's the way I feel about the way I express myself when players get hurt is what I'm talking about. Well, that's because you were making excuses for that guy that with the mullet from Texas that got hurt his non-throwing shoulder, and all of a sudden he's out for the next five seasons because he's a sissy. <laughs> he's not yeah. a sissy. Do you know what happened? Yeah, he should. Don't make me defend Texas on this podcast. Justin Herbert broke like rib cartilage and stuck it out that game, came back the next week and played. You can be hurt and play if you can throw the ball with your right shoulder. Well, you can be hurt and go to baseball games unless you're a freaking wuss. I wonder who that is. Anyway, Uncle Bill, let's talk about the stats. Are you ready? Uh, I'm listening to you (laughs) too. <laughs> hey, hey, but before right, you do uh, the stats, hey, Quincy, before you do the stats, I've got one thing that uh, interesting that both of y'all, for five guys that's got to step up if, if Bryce is out hurt. Okay. Oh, give right. it to me. Jameer Gibbs, of course, Milrow, Tyler Steen, because he, he's the left tackle. That's where he'll be. Uh, That's right. Kool Aid and Trayshawn Holden. I think Holden's about to lose playing time, man. I think and freshmen are looking good. Well, that's that's the five that they say he's got to step. No, up. I. If, and, and then they also and and I wonder why uh, uh, Bryce didn't just like Coach Sanders said, throw the ball away. He tries to make magic happen yeah, <laughs> all the time. Do like him other guys. Throw the, throw the ball up in the stands. Good Lord. Because he wasn't going to outrun Drew Sanders. Yeah, and I'm – Yeah, wasn't with that angle, he, wa- he wasn't. And, uh, but, you know, I just love yeah. it because, and, um, Drew, you go on out there to Pig Suey land and let us beat down on you a little bit and see how you like it. Hey, also, also, also I'd like to say uh, Kool-Aid's looking like a lockdown corner. I don't think they're going to be throwing the ball his way that much late, uh, nah, in the future here. But you don't see Eli in there. Yeah, but, and, but, and that's it. Y'all do realize that Brian Branch and Malachi got hurt. So we're to down two yes. safeties. But now Brian Branch will be back at practice. Both of them will be at practice Tuesday. He said so, but yeah, where's Eli? Um, Where that, is Eli? <laughs> that's and then Ebiogi as well is yeah. uh, got a neck injury, so he's going to be out for yeah, a while. Yeah, so and I ain't seen Okachoki. Where's Okachoki at? And Damaguchi. I think that was Ebiogi. Or where's Karaoke okay, at? Let's get to the stats. Right, um, first downs. First downs, Alabama had 17, Arkansas had 27. Uh, third down efficiency, the Tide, 9 of 14. Hang on, that, that's a li- that, that first down thing is a little construed because we had like three uh, runs and a bunch of long plays. So, like, 
Yeah. I mean, how many first downs are chopped up into that? Seven for. Well, I'm gonna. I didn't look at it. Between those three, look at it quarter by quarter. But I know a lot of those came first days. like in the third, third, third period. You know, third quarter. Yeah. So with those three plays, that's um, twenty-one first downs, and then Kobe Prentice had a fifty-yard run, and yeah. that's five. So. Yeah, and then uh, fourth down efficiency, both teams were overs, over one. Total yards, Alabama, 555 yards. The Hogs, 377. Uh, passing, uh, Alabama completed 238 yards worth of passing, which our, our quarterbacks were 11 to 22. And then the Hogs, 190 yards, 17 to 34. And then rushing, oh, man. Well, first of all, Bama gave up 187 yards rushing, but Alabama had 317 yards rushing against nice. Arkansas. That now, Arkansas's got a good. Arkansas Very has impressive. a good run game. I mean, it's not like they're uh, chop suey or chop well, liver. You notice when they showed, they do. Most of their offensive linemen were seniors. Yeah. And, uh, three, three and, and they also had a, a pretty stellar. Yeah, they had a stellar uh, middle linebacker as well. But with that being said, Arkansas is a, is a really solid football team. I think what this does is this shows us what is Alabama capable of if they are firing on all cylinders. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to echo what Josh said. My, my biggest concern is this wide receiving core because who's going to step up? Who's going to be the one to lead this group so that they challenge them to get better. Because right now we are very, very inconsistent when it comes to um, catching the football and bringing the ball down. So with that, Alabama had 10 penalties for 101 yards. Some of those were ticky-tack. Arkansas, uh, 6 of 31. Uh, turnovers, one each. And um, Bryce threw one interception. But the truth is that was a pass interference on that interception. It was not called. Turned the ball over after it was tipped. So, right. time of possession, you're looking at Arkansas with 33-27, Alabama with 26 minutes and 33 seconds. And we know that a lot of that third quarter is going to be attributed to that time of possession. And then Alabama's long runs. It doesn't take long for Milrow or Gibbs to run 70 yards down the field, which is a good thing. And the, and the defense, the defense was resilient. They could have caved in. But they found a way to come back, and that was very impressive because you look at you look at what they were faced with. I mean, they're up 28, 28 nothing, 28 to seven, and then all kinds of things go wrong. I mean, it's a three and out. It's a special teams gift two times in a row. Uh, onside kick, they get it, they score. Who knows what was happening with the punt snap, and they get it, they score, and right there. Alabama, I think the turning point was shutting them down on that two-point conversion, and what do you know? Well, I could I could I, I was saying we were going to lose that game. It just looked like it. What was I supposed to think? <laughs> it just it looked like we yeah. were about to Uncle give Bill that game away. Says, right, and, and Uncle Bill texted and said, we're toast. And fortunately, yeah. both of your prophecies fell flat. Well, at that time, we weren't toast. We, they just they didn't get they didn't get to put the butter on the toast, which yeah. is good for us. Hey, but on your stats, first half Arkansas only had a little over 100 yards offense, so the majority of it was the third quarter. Third quarter, yeah. They had about like 120 something yards. I think Quincy just got kicked out of here. So what do you guess we're talking about, me? That's what I'm talking about. 
he has crappy service where he's at. Well, I don't know how to lead a show, so I guess we're just going to hang out. Well? Uh-oh, we forgot about Austin. Austin ain't even been talking. He's just been sitting in the parking lot. He told, he told, he told me to mute myself, so I did. And then now now he's gone, so we're we're just kind of, kind of twiddling our thumbs. Well... I'll tell you what, did you hear that Jamar Gibbs got up to like 22 and um, I'm muted. You are not muted. Okay, hang on, I'm not muted. Oh, good, so you don't know how to do it, to do it now. Okay, there we go. It's now Control gonna... D, it's Control D. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to have to reset that because it, uh, it got all jacked up. So... Now it's time for our Saban correspondent, Austin Dash, with the Nick Saban press conference. Mr. Dash, welcome to week five of the Alabama season. Can you talk to us about what's going on with Coach Nick Saban and the after or the post press conference? Dasher! Hey, hey, mute yourself. Thank you. Now, uh,. You know, special teams, special teams, special teams. Small mistakes that Alabama doesn't normally make. That was kind of what he was preaching uh, in the postgame. Like Bill said, he wasn't worried about Bryce Young at all. So that was comforting. But, you know, it, he's. I think he's seeing what we're seeing. I think he doesn't know their full potential yet. And I think he's seeing it as we see it. If that makes any sense, so you know. No, it uh, totally does. Totally. Uh, it, it, it's all about you know they're they're maturing, game to game. You know that that's always going to get Nick Saban's attention when you just continue to progress, and and you know that's where we're at. We've we've seen him jump, and and like we've talked about the offensive line. Uh, you know he was very happy with the run blocking, and. I'm going to be honest, I thought the same thing when Bryce went out. I was like, okay, we're going to see how good they can block. And uh, they blocked like Alabama used to block. So that, you know, the, the whole passing and, and throwing it around like they have been, and, you know, that's the norm now. So, you know, that's expected to, to, to win championships. But I think what will win championships more than anything is being able to do exactly what you want to whenever you want to. And, you know, the end of that third quarter and fourth quarter, they've done exactly what they wanted to. Now, Austin, let me ask you a question. Um, did Coach Saban, I know in his Monday press conference he talked about it, but did he, did he say anything about how Kool-Aid was able to step up and play that star position on defense? Because that was uh, that was really interesting to me. Like uh, Uncle Bill said, we had two defenders go down, and Kool Aid was able to able to step in um, in the star position. So that was that's comforting to me to know that if we do have people go down, Kool Aid is like he's the man. Well, and you know he he didn't mention that exactly, but you know I think he's he's finally starting to to jail. I think he's starting to, to come into his own as far as, you know, actually defending passes. Um, you know, of course he's a he's a great return man, but I, I think now he's kind of moving into that uh, Patrick Sertan, Trayvon Diggs. You know, don't you better not throw it my way or you'll regret it. 
So, and of course, and of course, we know he's got the speed to take it the other way. So, if somebody makes that mistake and throws it, and he's got a chance, I mean, it's six easy. Yeah, and that—that's what Josh just continued to harp on uh, during the game is that uh, Kool Aid is now becoming fast, becoming the lockdown corner um, for Alabama, and just to look at like the way he has matured this season from game one to game five is exciting and i have to agree with you i think coach saban it's like a wild dog okay it's like a wild dog that doesn't know how big and how strong he truly is because he needs to mature like into his body a little bit yeah and so that's get over the clumsiness is yeah get over the get over the clumsiness get some of those mistakes out of the way um did he did he talk in particular about how proud he was of Jalen uh, uh, uh Milrow because I know after the game everybody saw that the the commentator she was like well what about Bryce and coach was like well what about our whole team what about yeah. what happened what do you let's talk about our whole team and how they stepped up did he have anything to say about Milrow uh, I mean, he he just he talked about all the things that Jalen does well, and you know we we know those things. Uh, we haven't got to see him in meaningful snaps, so I think to see that translate, you know, his skill set translate into you know taking the team down and scoring points when you have to. Uh, I, I you know I feel like if he had any question at all, he would have thrown Bryce back in there, especially knowing that he could have. You know, I, I thought that was very telling for him to be on the on the sidelines, you know, ready to go if he needed to, and you know, there was there was no need. And I think I think Alabama could definitely not play him this week if he if he wasn't ready to go. But I mean, I could see Jalen Milrow, you know, I could see them game planning in a way to where he would be very successful with how they're playing right now. Uh, blocking-wise, and how the defense is playing, and that's yeah, what I and that's what I've been unsure fact, of this year. The sad fact is, is that you know you want your team to support Milrow as he comes in and and build his confidence, and when he's hitting you in the hand with a pass and you're dropping it, that's not really building his confidence. He's got to be able to count on somebody when he's throwing the football especially coming in cold off the bench. Yes, it's ne next man up. But what that tells me is that Milrow, is a, he has a cannon for an arm. He has a, an absolute jetpack for feet. So you better hope that Bryce is healthy because Milrow is, is a true dual threat. Now, he's not as mature, I would say, in his football game as Bryce is, but all that's going to do is that game time situation in, in, in Arkansas and Fayetteville, all it did was make Milrow better. And one thing that Josh and I tripped out about is he's a freshman. He's a redshirt freshman. What's that yeah. about? Yeah, well, and that's mind-blowing to think about, too. I didn't even think about that because it feels like he's been there forever. But, and and that and that's one thing, too. That's one thing that you, I wouldn't say you lose with him in the game, but what Bryce has going on, you know, between his ears is just something that can't be taught and you can't necessarily expect anybody else to go in there and just be able to absolutely know where he wants to go with the football and know exactly what they're doing before they know what they're doing 
So that, you know, you just have to game plan a little differently. Uh, I'd like to see him throw the ball some more and go through progressions. and But you know what? Uh, he didn't really have to. When you're... When your running back is running for 200 yards and, and two of that comes off of two runs, uh, you know, yeah. you can pretty much do what you want to. It takes a lot of the pressure off. But what I love, one of the things that I loved is, you know, Bryce and Jalen's relationship is so great. And I, I heard Bryce Young talk about it a little bit that, you know, they root each other on. So, you know, I've, I'm sure Bryce was upset that he couldn't go in the game. But he was talking about, you know, being one of Jalen's biggest fans. So that that's a really cool thing. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Josh and I were celebrating uh, all kinds of things about Bryce Young on Saturday. And one of them is when Bryce took off running like a wild – no, when uh, Jalen took off running like a wild man for 60, 70 yards – you know, there goes Bryce sprinting down the sideline and doing a big jump. He's so excited. So it's he's the true essence of team. And with that, I'm going to turn the uh, I'm going to turn the show into. We're going to go into the, the one of the final segments, which is open forum. So everybody, get off those mute buttons. Unmute me. Okay, we're going to need an ambulance to go to that residence immediately. Freedom! Josh, you got to remember, you got to remember the listener. We never want them to turn it down, and you have just successfully made them turn this podcast off. Let me try it again. Yeah. Freedom! Freedom! There you go. Thanks. Well, Josh, I got a couple of questions for you. Um, where do you stand on uh, Bill O'Brien and his ability to call plays after this weekend's uh, performance? I am not going to give him a pass that quick. He, he was he did call a better game, uh, and he was really calling great plays when Bryce was in the game. And uh, I mean, it was a good game that he called, but I got to see it more than once. So I've seen so many that he's called that were just I can't figure out what he's trying to do, and we win based simply on talent. But something to build off of, that's for sure. Most definitely, most definitely. And I know, you know, it's it's crazy because throughout these first four weeks, Georgia has really been crowned the king of all kings when it comes to college. Oh, Uncle it's Bill. so sweet. Uncle Bill, what do you what do you think about a couple of struggle games mm. in a row for Georgia? I know Kirby Smart's excited about it because it's gonna humble yeah. his team, but what do you think? They've got issues. Yes, yeah, they do. Just like every team does. But uh, let, let me make one comment. When, no! When Jalen's in there, Alabama's the run, pat, RPO. When Bryce is in there, we're not an RPO team. Bryce doesn't run the run, pass option. But Jalen does. So, you talking about Bill O'Brien, yeah, he gets on my last nerve. But he had to adjust his play calling was Jalen went in more to the RPO. That's one good game. I want to see it every week, though. Hey, you know something, though, that I will say is I would love to see Jalen get some drives or some packages going forward regardless. Uh, I don't I don't like that. I don't like all that uh, stuff. Just throw Bryce in there. Let him 
Taylor's gonna have his Heisman next week, next year. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I would I wouldn't mind seeing some uh, some specific, which I I would think they they have. I would if it ain't if it ain't broke, right. don't fix um, it. Bryce don't need no help. Well, they they need to they need to fix Bryce's uh, shoulder. But with that being said, what do you what do you take, guys? Who wants to uh, talk about? The disaster that is Auburn. Uh, <laughs> I think it's pretty sweet. I mean, it's a disaster. What else is there? It's Carson, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Carson won't make it to the end of the season. Here's the thing: is um, like Uncle Josh Bill, is, uh, Josh is calling and giving me updates on the Auburn LSU score, and I'm like, are you? How is Auburn scoring against LSU? Real quick. <laughs> Next thing you know, the ship sinks. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, Uncle Bill said there's only there's only a few people in the world that he wishes would go to hell, and it's everyone at Auburn. <laughs> well, that's a fair point. Um, burn, baby, burn! Now, um, it's a great what's the... to be a Bama fan when we win and they lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, then what happened with Kentucky losing to Ole Miss? Well, you're acting like Ole Miss is chopped, chopped liver. They're good. Ole Miss is not bad this no, year. I don't think. I think Lane. I don't think they're chopped liver. They have 27 players in the transfer portal. Right. Doesn't take them long to come together. Hey, I like Lane Kiffin. I hope he. Uh, I hope it's either him or Dabo after Saban leaves. No, I don't think Lane would come. I bet he would. I don't think that ask him. When you turn the ball over on your opponents inside their 33 times, what do you expect? And the quarterback, he didn't help none. Y'all, just be honest, okay? Kentucky's going to Kentucky. They're Kentucky. Like a couple weeks ago, whenever what's-his-name became the leading He's the leading coach. He's got the most wins in Kentucky yeah. history. Yeah, 61 and 54, you losers. Calm down. Calm down. It's sad that that's the most wins. And that's just because Bear Bryant didn't stay there. He left. Well, I got to tell you, I'm looking around at what's happening uh, in college football. I do believe there's a clear number one and number two. I still stand by my my thoughts that we shouldn't have any rankings that come out until at least week five or six because you don't know what you have. With that being said, I, this game coming up for Alabama is crucial because Texas A&M seems to at the wrong time have our number. So they're not doing it this. They ain't doing it this week. They ain't doing it this week. Gotta, you gotta play the game, Josh. You have got to play the they, game. They beat us last year, and Jimbo talked hella shit about saving in the offseason. Oh, they're gonna get beat by 50. They're, they're going to get their ass waxed. You see how pissed off Saban is already today? Like, what do you think? Why do you think he's so mad? But the fact is, you gotta go there and you have to execute. At home, we're gonna do that. We do have I, a good time at home. Uncle, look, what are your I, thoughts on the Texas A&M? Look, uh, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I've seen this one before. That dude talked crap about saving it, and we lost to him last year. Not this year. Go ahead, Uncle Bill. Sorry. No, that's fine. All we got to do is shut down two players, the one running back and the one receiver. I'm not worried about Max Johnson. I think uh, number 31 in the Crimson 
I think he might want some of Max Johnson. Yeah, I think he might. <laughs> but I think we'll be fine. Uh, I hope we do. I hope we murder him because Jimbo was like, whenever Saban said that about Texas A&M, he wasn't lying. They have a collective that bought all their players. They didn't come to Texas A&M and we, get their deals. We so, see that how that's going for them. It ain't going great. You can have, you're starting 22, can be all five-star guys. But you got to have some coaches over here that know how to coach these guys to develop them. Jimbo Fisher's never developed guys. Davis was a thug that just was down there in thug bill. Davis, what a freaking dope, man. Oh, what an idiot. I hate that he's from Hueytown. I just. You still got to be able to, you, you know, Quincy, you've got to be able to coach these guys and develop them. I don't care the talents you've got. We exactly. see that with all Golden Gophers. I mean, hey, I, I, mean, I, I couldn't yeah. agree with you more, Uncle Bill. And, How many passes you know, we, can our receivers keep dropping? I agree. I mean, somebody's got to kick. Somebody's got to work on teach them how to catch the ball. Hey, I think they're going to lose playing time. Well, they that's, the, well. that's the biggest incentive. Take them off the show. Let the young guys that are coming through catch the ball. And I'll tell you, one thing that Coach Saban does, I don't know if it'll ever be repeated in history, but the, the rate of attrition due to hirings, you know, when it comes to his staff and the, and the number of turnovers, um, it's very difficult. Like over the near 10 years that I coached, when we added new coaches, it takes time to gel. So to me, it's impressive um, with his ability to continue. Now, look, they have the top of the top when it comes to the talent. They have great coaches. Some coaches he hires, he sees a good future in, and it takes them a while to come along, which is what I believe with Pete Golding. He's not Pete Golding. He's not who he's supposed to be, but he's making leaps and bounds and getting better um, as a defensive coordinator right. and hopefully we'll have some long tenure with the tide the more he develops. But Coach Saban just continually loses coaches. They get promoted, they go there. He's he's uh, assistant coach you uh, and um, he He's doing, he's remaining, and be, he continues to be successful, if I can speak English. And to me, it's very, very impressive. If you've ever, have you ever seen that documentary on HBO with Bill Belichick and Saban? I have not, but you talked about it. Go ahead and tell us. People get it twisted. If you watch the documentary, Belichick is saying that Nick Saban is the GOAT and that he's learned from him. So, it's that's the evidence right there, because... You even see without Tom Brady, they're not they're not that good. But you got Nick Saban shuffling players in, coaches in and out, and he runs the program. It's just it's a well-oiled machine, and it's going to be like that till he goes away. And how many assistants come in and go to be head coaches, and who are they copying to run their program? Yeah, just like exactly. Coach Saban does. Hey, roll, 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 roll tide. But see how many of those five stars stay at A&M after this year is over. Here's what I want. Here's what I want to know. I want to know how in the hell did we get so bad after Bear Bryant left? Because I don't see that happening when Saban leaves. I feel, I feel like we're gonna get we're gonna be able to stay up. Maybe because not. When Bear walked in the house, that's all it took for a recruit. 
Ray Perkins couldn't walk in the house and get the recruit. <laughs> Bill Curry couldn't do it. Oh, Lord. That's why we got to get some Dabo or some Lane Kiffin. Kiffin! Well, so, uh, Austin, I know that you, uh, you're out on report actually looking for Coach Saban as we speak. Um, He's not in Clanton. Any out I found that out. He's not in Clanton, Alabama. He's today. not in the Midas parking lot. Well, I'll tell you what they do, guys. I'll tell you what they do, guys, in Clanton. They got a big old statue of a pizza that looks like an ass on the side of the road. <laughs> they have a statue of you, Josh? Hey, it's not quite that large. Hey! Hey, what the f what the heck, man? You throwing shade? <laughs> throwing shade. Oh, oh. Let's talk about West Virginia. No, it's okay. not. Let's um. Let's hey. This, let's get the end of our show going here. You know, we always like to talk about the next opponent. Um, what do you think this matchup is going to be? I know we already heard from Uncle Bill that uh, there's basically two players you got to stop. What do you think this? Uh, what do you think this particular game looks like? Are we going lights out, Josh? Or are we going to run the ball? What are we going to do to put the pain on Texas A&M? Well, you're talking to the guy that thought we were just going to smash Texas. So, but <laughs> I mean, if I'm lo I'm just looking at the last game, the last game, how we lost that game, uh, and and just how so Fisher came out in the off season after Saban said that. And pretty much call him a low-down, dirty scoundrel, and that everybody can tell you how big of a crook or whatever he is. Whatever he was saying, he was so defensive, and he was throwing so many insults. I know Saban wants to whoop his ass, and I don't think we're going to take our foot off the gas. That is something that I hope you are. Me too. I do. About. I just want to see I mean, Jimbo over there, like, like a, with a kidney infection or something. I just. I just well, hope you. A, I hope he dies on the sideline. Look at this. I mean, right. right now you have a, a two-loss Texas A&M team, which to me can be scary. It can be a scary trap game, except for the fact that really Coach Saban and uh, Jimbo Fisher had a feud in the off-season. Well, we we so thought we were gonna off. we thought we were gonna beat Texas A&M no problem last year, and look what happened. Yeah, so. well, they're coming off a 42-24 loss to Mississippi State where Mike Leach and the Bulldogs just drilled these guys. They are This is their second week in a row on the road. And just looking at, uh, looking at uh, first downs, uh, Texas A&M had 27 first downs. Mississippi State had two. Third down efficiency, they were absolutely horrible, two and nine. Uh, for the Aggies, five for eleven for Mississippi State. They were one for two uh, on fourth down, and Mississippi State was two for two. Total yards, they had 388 yards to Mississippi State. Uh, the Bulldogs had 473 passing yards, 252. Uh, they had 136 yards rushing, but they scored 24 points. Their time of possession was 31 compared to 28 minutes for the Bulldogs. They had four turnovers. Hey, let me throw this out there, though. Four turnovers. Let me throw this out there. Mississippi State is not some little, uh, like, JV team. They're 4-1. and one. Their only loss was to LSU. I know LSU isn't where they need to be, but they've only got one loss. 
Uh, and if you look now, like we still have to play Mississippi State. Like the SEC West is ridiculous this year so far. They don't want the smoke. I don't think so, but I'm just saying they're not like some walkover team that that just beat Texas A&M. Uh, they got a really good coach, and he's always got them winning games that they shouldn't win or a well, couple big games le- a year. Leach is going to leach. I love Leach. A&M should have got beat by Arkansas, so it should be a three-loss. Should be a three, yeah. So they're not. I don't think they're that good. So I hope they don't just. If we lose next week, I might just go. I might just go jump into a wood chip grinder, or into a wood okay. grinder. I'm well, putting myself out of my misery. I'm out. <laughs> I would recommend not doing that. Um, don't but just looking at, I, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you, Josh. Um, Mississippi State is nobody to laugh at. Nope. They they are well coached. They have talent. They're going to continue to grow. There's a certain level, um, a certain challenge when it comes to recruiting at Mississippi State. Um, but he's making the best of what he has there, and he's inspiring his players to play great. And um, I'm I'm a fan of, of, of Coach Leach and what he does. And you always have to be ready for him. And yeah, they stumbled against LSU, but that doesn't mean anything because when they play the tide, everybody gives Alabama their best game. Everybody does. I'll tell you what, if you've ever if you've never sat there and watched a Mike Leach interview, he is if you like the win and Nick Saban's being grumpy, it's it's the other side of it. Like he's so funny and awkward that he will have you just rolling during his press conferences. Well, the the stuff that yeah. you, you guys pull up where he this uh Female reporter talked to I her. I saw that. Yeah. Her, her that new Wedding advice. Yes. Did you see that, Quincy? Hello. Every one yeah. of his every one of his interviews is like he that. Said and he's offering any yeah. of his players that wants to get married, he said, I'll give him, I told him I'll give him $10,000 to elope. And he's a freaking offensive genius. <laughs> like. The father of the air raid. It, 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 yeah. So. Crazy. All, all Mississippi State is going to do, you know, they're going to get better. And that's, I don't know, I've always had, my dad liked both the Mississippi teams, so I have a certain affection for Ole Miss and Mississippi State, of course, unless we're playing uh, against them. But um, let's that, talk. Is dad let's, racist let's or something? Like that's like show. the most racist state there is. Why is dad like them? I'm pretty sure it had little or nothing to do with They don't with like the blacks. Anybody. They don't like the blacks in that state. Mississippi, what? Do you, how? Where do you come up with this bull crap? I don't know. It's just, I'm. It's it's my thoughts. It might not be true. I'm just. No. Well, it's a blanket statement. Not. So you mean you tell me that everyone in the it's state? Blank- you mean you tell me that everyone in the South is not racist? He's been watching CNN. Y'all don't watch Josh, CNN for news? I'm not going to allow you. <laughs> y- Josh, you are not going to hell? inject politics into this show. Are you telling me you don't watch CNN? It. You don't watch CNN? Shut shut the politics down. Are you guys, now. Are you guys racist? I mean, are you guys homophobes? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Bob. Xenophobic. Um, you xenophobic bastards. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about next week's game, and let's get... Yeah! Yeah! Yeah. Yeah. Joshua, you did. You sound like you're throwing up. I made a good joke. (laughs) 
The most right. trusted name Let's in news. Go down the line, Josh. The most busted name in news. Anyway, not like any of them give you great news. <laughs> Man, you, know. Is, you know what I'm saying? They're all propaganda. Uh, Anyways, back to us. Sorry. No. Right. That's right. Josh, uh, what are what's your prediction for Bama, Texas A&M? Um, I'm, I'm just going to say what I want to happen is my prediction. I don't care if it will or not. I want to beat them 79 to nothing. I love that score. Yeah. Okay. That's what I want. Well, what you got, buddy? 34 to 13. 34? That's all? Austin Dash. Hey, 53 hey. to 17. Quincy, join me, Quincy. Join me. Join me. Kind of going back and forth on what I believe this might be. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go 49 to 3. 49 to 3. I'm gonna go 49 to 3. What if we come uh, back I next week? The right to, uh... Uh, you're in a big delay, Quincy, so I've been trying to watch your mouth so I don't talk while you talk, so I just did it. So go ahead and finish. No, I, I was just going to say, I, I reserve the right to recalibrate this opinion at the midweek. No. How, hey, how about we, uh, how about we, 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 ca we recalibrate at halftime? <laughs> no. Well, the, uh, the exciting part is, um, there's two things. Um, I got a letter from Spectrum that says it is their internet is now available in my neighborhood after having them out here two or three times. So that's, that's great news. That's good for you. The next thing is I'm going to get, once that happens, I'm going to get plugged into a wall connection, a wired connection, so I don't have to worry about Wi-Fi. The next thing is I'm going to send Uncle Bill a computer so that he can engage <laughs> on a Mac and we can get better visual and audio quality from him. And the third thing is, I've got to get Austin Dash's Ahoy shirt in the mail. That is four things. Yes. And one of those things is, I thought you were on a cheap computer. You gonna send him a Mac? I'm gonna let him use my Mac. I need the uh, I need this other computer because it works with my uh, audio for Man versus Marriage. I'm gonna tell you what, you might not get that back because uh, he didn't know how to do Control D. So I'm gonna think that he probably don't know how to use an, an Apple computer. You don't know how to control your D. Hey, what you trying to say? <laughs> I agree with that. You must have been talking to Melly. Okay, let's uh, <laughs> let's finish this thing out. <laughs> Guys, guys, this is... Uh, I don't think he even knows he said uh, that. I know. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's give a, a quick I recap of the show. Josh, how do, you, how do you feel this podcast went? <laughs> Who, me? Yeah. I mean, I think it went good. Uh, I, are you supposed to? Like, Josh. Are you, are you supposed to say those things? I think we're the best thing since sliced bread. If you don't listen to us, then you're scared of gays. If you didn't go watch that movie called Bros, you're you're a homophobe. Ooh, your movie sucks. What is going on right, right now? That's relevant to this podcast. Y'all heard about that though, right? I've seen the no. So there's this there's this dude that came out. There's this movie called Bros now, 
and it's about uh, it's a gay bro. It's like a rom com for bro, for gay dudes, and like the whole movie they're bashing it's a gay straight. Gay romance is what you're saying. Yes, yeah, so they're bashing like straight people during the whole movie, and if you watch the trailer, like I just don't relate to it. It's a bunch of gay shit. I'm not I'm not up that. That doesn't do anything for me. So it bombed in the box office. So today, all day, that guy's been blaming straight people for the box office bombing. Yes. Blaming straight people because we didn't go watch a couple dudes in orgies on a screen. Go to hell! Thanks, Josh. We appreciate that recap of the BS Podcast. Uncle Bill, how do you think the show went today? (laughs) Once I learned how to hit control... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> once, he, once he gained, once he gained control of his D, it went great. It's good. The D That's right. Austin D. How do you think the show went today? There we go. All kinds of kinds of D's in there. We're getting there. It's a romance. It's it's good to be back since we uh, missed a week. So I agree. I agree, and uh, you know, next week's show. I hope it's as fun as this show. The, the beauty of this podcast is that we're just fans, and we're having a good time talking. It's bringing family together. I, I hope the people that uh, are listening enjoy it. And if you want to be on this show as a guest, email Quincy Moran at gmail.com because our official booker sucks. His name is Josh Moran. He can't get hey. the crap together. How are we gonna hey. book? How, who are we gonna book? We got. We barely can talk as. We got four people that can talk right now. Like we don't. Who are we gonna book? What's in the book? How would we fit anyone else into all this? We can all like run our mouths. I think we're well, good. The new, uh, the, the new format works out very well, so that's what we're gonna run with from here on out. So, with well, that, I I think Hurricane Ian's hitting uh, wherever Austin is. <laughs> you driving with the window down? <laughs> no. Okay. When is next week? I, I'm good with the. Uh, hang on, let me check. They ain't nobody worried about no Sunday NFL. You can. I gotta. Uh, I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. There's one person worried about it. Me. You can miss an hour. Oh, why don't we do it during church? You can miss an hour. Hey, the Raiders will still stink when uh, the podcast is over. They won, dude. Josh, hey, he's I not, like. He's not how do y'all like you to do the show? Uh, for an hour during your job, you're asking him to do an hour during his job. That's not Who? right. Uncle Bill. I, no one said Uncle Bill is at work right now. You just said that a minute ago. How about we do it an hour during church? Well, my job is to watch fantasy football on Sunday because I actually do get paid to do it if I win. So, well, sorry. How's that going for you? Well, not good this year. I am old. I am one in six. <laughs> One and eight after this week. Or seven. Well, hey, I like Monday at five. Are y'all good with that? Uh, as long as I'm off from work. Yeah, Austin sometimes. Yeah, I made the mistake of starting two of this week. So that's how my fantasy week went. A whole three points. Josh, that's low quality, low class. Austin, you can't see what I'm doing, but I got my fingers crampled up. (laughs) That's horrible. 
That is horrible. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for getting into this episode of the BS Podcast. Sponsored by the Moran Brothers. Sponsored by Man vs. Marriage, the podcast. Sponsored by What's Coming Soon, which is Family Famous. And that for Josh Moran. And that for Bill Smith. And that. 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 And this. And this. It's the BS Podcast. I love you. He was skipping like a CD there. Bye, guys.